It is time for a story time story here on the dad, on the fashionable dad, that's me, your dash and dadder. We are reading from Alone on the Soaks, The Life and Times of Alec Kruger. The inland rivers of Central Australia are mostly dry, but there is still water moving down the rivers in the sand. A soak was a place in the river where underground water was close to the surface. It might seep, become a damp area and even a pool. Limbler was like that. It was never dry in my time. A big pool of water was always there. Most times at other places you had to dig and you had to keep the seepage area free of sand. This involved having planks of wood available and cut to the right lengths. The process was a bit like digging a vertical mine shaft in reverse. You placed the planks into a square of the wet or sandy part of the river, then you dug the sand out from the middle. As you dug, the square bits of wood would drop. When the square dropped to ground level, you placed another layer of planks down. In this way, you lowered the level down into the river so the hole filled up. Our job was to keep the soaks clear of sand and to get the water out of the hole into the troughs so the cows could drink. Otherwise they would trample the walls of the soakage and you would spend hours digging out of the sand again to keep it working. So Alec describes a couple of different ways of getting the water from the hole into the sand, different sort of homemade pumping systems using canvas buckets and sticks. Don't forget you're out in the northwest of the Northern Territory or the Kimberleys on stations where, you know, might be three days ride from the homestead to the soak. This was usually a job for the hot months or if there had been a sustained dry period. For much of the time that I was at Loves Creek and later at, at Napa, they had quite good rain years. After a bit of rain, the Hale River became a series of waterholes. It was not, not necessary to have the soaks working. But in dry times, they were essential. A couple of stockmen would head out to do the top part or the bottom of the hail. They would get a message back to the station if someone was needed for a particular soak. For much of the summer, stockmen would be out in solo camps, keeping the water happening for the stock. Over time, I had responsibility for the Arikea, Aloeira and Bronco wells. This meant keeping the soaks flowing and the troughs full. There were about three to 400 cattle using these soaks during the dry times. I could be out on my own as long as three months at a time. It depended on when or if the rain came. To do this, we were given rations of tea and flour and a group of us might head out together. You'd go with whoever had the adjacent waterholes. We didn't get any meat or even matches. You were expected to know how to keep a fire going and how to supplement your rations. But I didn't and had a terrible time of it. It was a little after Christmas in 1935, the first time I was taken out and shown my soaks and wells. I was just 11. I was just 11 and trying hard to play the big man. 
The other fellows with me helped me getting a fire going and then I was left on my own. I was expected to stay camped there until good rain came. Today I still dread being left alone. I get terrible panic attacks where I can scarcely breathe. I blame it on the isolation of much of my work at Love's Creek. Ice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so we might as well swim. The world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. Yes, love! Four Triple Z, spitting rhymes at you on the reg. And on Four Triple Z, we're spitting rhymes at you here on Fashion by Dad. Well, we're not spitting rhymes, we're spinning yarns. That's what we're doing here on Fashion by Dad. We just heard uh, from the Kill Ties. Killed Toys. Killed Toys. Get your vowels right, Jeffrey. Uh, Killed Toys with Come Alive. They uh, toured South East Queensland last month. Now they're kicking back in bed listening to us play their tunes here on Fashion by Dad. We are reading from Alec Kruger's Alone on the Soaks. We just heard about how he had to spend three months on his own in the desert couple of, you know, 10 miles from the nearest guy, a bunch of young Aboriginal orphans or, you know, stolen generation kids sent out to keep the water flowing in the back blocks of the large stations in Northern Australia during the summer. Later in his book, Alone on the Soaks, we are talking about a grown-up man I was badly hurt when working at Alcuta Station. Stock work always carries a risk. People these days don't spend any time on horses so they don't know what big living, breathing animals they are. Unpredictable, even when you know them backwards and forwards. Every horse is an adventure. They have personalities, sometimes bad ones. And you can just be unlucky. A hole in the ground or an animal coming out of nowhere and you can be thrown snake rearing up out of the grass. Whatever it is, a horse can panic, shift its weight suddenly, start bucking or just take off. I've seen enough deaths and accidents to know to be careful. As Cammy Cleary said, you should never let a horse catch you unawares. But it happens. It was early morning. I was alone, pushing a mob of cattle along to better water and grass. I'd taken a cut lunch because it would take me all day. I was out in scrubby country with the, long, with the sun not long up, heading to a waterhole where a mob was waiting. My horse was a fresh young mare that kept trying to take charge. The usual thing was to show it once and for all that you were the boss. I decided to stir her up a little, take the sting out of her. The horse was twisting and bucking along with me, holding her easily, when she veered suddenly sideways. Perhaps she lost her footing. Anyway, I was caught on the hop, and the mare careered out under a tree. I ended up being smashed straight into a branch. I must have hit it really hard, because it ripped me open from above my temple down to below my eye. I was knocked out cold and didn't wake up. Because I was working alone, it took until the afternoon before the blokes realised I was not about. When I didn't turn up for tea, they got worried. 
they came for a look and found my mare wandering about. The country around Alcuta is beautiful grass and woodland, so it's hard to track through, but they were experienced bushmen and finally chased me down. They came across me just before dark. I had been out in the sun all day. It must have been a pretty grim picture. My face was a mess. Where my head lay, there was a pool of congealed blood. Lines of blood had come out of my ears and mouth. Ants and flies had settled over my face. At first they thought I was dead. But one of them rolled me over a bit and found I was shallow breathing. They wiped me clean as much as they could, wrapped me in a blanket and a shirt was borrowed to stop the bleed. I'd already lost a lot of blood. They couldn't wake me. Some stayed while the others went back to the station's truck to carry me in. I was gently placed in a tray on a mattress of sorts. It was three weeks before I regained consciousness. I woke up as weak as a kitten. They were worried I might have some brain injury. I couldn't remember the accident or anything else. But gradually things started to come back and I was on my feet again. I was soon back on a horse again. I have a big scar running from my temple down my ear from that accident. If, it hadn't, if I hadn't have been found that night, I probably would have died. As it was, it was a close-run thing. Despite being weeks off work, there was no workers' compensation then, or none that I was told about. I never got any support after that accident. Alec Kruger talking about his life as a stockman. On the um, Vesti stations, Vesti, the British family that owned the Wave Hill station, which is famous for being the site of the strike by the stockman, who, as you can tell, <laughs> didn't get much in the way of work or workers' compensation or wages or rations. Bit of tea, a bit of flour, you can catch your own meat and keep your own fire going. No meat, no matches. He was 11 years old when he started doing that job. <laughs> 